Welcome to the Story Forward podcast experience. We are your hosts. He is Christian Wynn, co-founder of the Story Fort Literary Storytelling Festival. Festival slash fest. Yes, I'm Christian. That's Larry Rosen. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you got here, Mr. Rosen. Got up this morning, walked up these stairs, turned on my laptop, and here I am. <laughs> Excellent. From somewhere <laughs> in Southern Oregon, right? Somewhere so, in Southern Oregon. So today, again, as we motor into mid-season, we have a treat for you, as always. And that is, we have representatives from the Boise Rock School. Not to be confused with the School of Rock, though their functions are quite similar. Yes. This is not a franchise of the School of Rock. It is something run independently. Today we have one of the co-founders, Jared Goodpaster. He's the co-founder and the educational director and an instructor at the school. And originally the plan had been just to bring Jared here and um, have him tell us all about it. But we got a little bonus action here today. He brought one of his students, Annika Camarillo, who is trying to remember, because once again, we recorded this uh, a while ago before doing this intro. She's 19 years old. I believe she's still in high school. Yes, high school. She's a former student and now an instructor. I think she might be both a student and an instructor at this point. I think there might be a little blurring of the lines happening here. Um, Tell us, okay, so because you are in Boise, I am not. Your interactions with the Boise Rock School, whose motto is develop the total musician, are obviously more frequent than mine. Yes. Tell me a little about, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm just going to tell a little more about my experience. In a correspondent piece today, I have a couple stories about my time teaching songwriting, just on the lyric side, because I am no musician. I did play the, the coronet when I was in uh, early high school, so maybe a few piano lessons along the way. But anyway, the lyrics are something I do, that kind of stuff. So this was a really cool experience I'll hear, you'll hear about later in the episode. But yeah, around Boise, it's been like an institution, the Rock School. Um, and just a couple of these musicians in the community just started it, Ryan Peck and, and Jared. And they've been really, shall I say, instrumental? Sorry. In uh, developing, yeah, you know, they started right, you know, very close to the same time like Treeport Music Fest started and kind of the changing face of the Boise music scene. It really has been partly shaped by the t- teaching of these great musicians and just uh, educators. Educators and also they what they do really well, we get into a little bit, but they they definitely bring a community of, of musicians into their facility and like put working musicians more to work. And it's just been cool to see. So I they're like a force. And I used to work, I might have even mentioned it in this episode, for a place called Pie Hole Pizza. <laughs> and I would sell pizza at uh, their their concerts at the end of each session they would traditionally put on a a concert the seven nation army playing often you know so but that was a really cool experience to see these young kids you know and even older people you know they have an adult camp they did there for a while or adult workshop but you know just seeing them all celebrate you know musicianship at various levels and just to then see them out in the community and at you know other shows and all that kind of stuff so anyway they're a big part of this whole arts and cultural you know community that we are too larry so that's what i have so and we break it down pretty good um jared is trained as a teacher so we kind of get into some nuts and bolts about the difference between being in a uh, mainstream classroom versus teaching at the rock school 
Uh, spoiler alert, teaching at the rock school is easier because the kids want to be there. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we do talk a lot about, about uh, their feelings about community, their feelings about educating the whole musician and, 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 and some good info about kind of what's the outcome for a lot of these kids, you know, and how many of them go in thinking I'm going to be a rock star versus how many of them go in thinking this will be cool. Uh, we touch on a lot of uh, the parental interaction as well. Um, and I do want to make a plug if you are in Boise for Treefort slash Storyfort, Piehole Pizza is an integral part of that experience. That's very true. Open till 4 a.m. Open till 4 a.m. So let's get to enough of this nonsense. Let's get to the interview. Let's <laughs> let Jared and Annika tell us uh, their story. Sounds good. Enjoy. We have Jared, good pastor, and we have Annika Camarillo. Uh, teacher and student, soon to be teacher and teacher um, from the Boise Rock School. Welcome to the Story Forward podcast, both of you. What we wanted to do here was really give our listeners an idea of what the Boise Rock School is, but also to give our listeners an idea of what life is like inside of there, how you got involved, um, and really how it's uh, impacted the, the, the arc of your lives, the story of your lives. So Jared, let's start with you. And I have to say at first, I saw your last name. I was like, oh, sweet. I know where this last name comes from, but I realize it's an E, not an O, so maybe not. <laughs> I, I think they're related. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a genealogy project in, in college. And there originally, I guess this isn't, and it has nothing to do with rock school, but um, the origin, the, the first good pastors we could find were in Kentucky. And I feel like there were two brothers and they didn't get along. So one switched it to OR, one switched it. There's a URE floating around out there as well, but yeah, sure. it's not an exciting story, but there, yeah, it was, I, you know, it depends on your audience. I think it's pretty exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, you know, in reading your biography um, on the site and then looking at some other stuff, it seems like arriving at this point to start a school for young people to learn how to play music was a logical step in the evolution of your career. Would you say that's, uh, tell me if that's accurate and also tell me why I would say that. A logical step or, or more like a massive surprise. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, yeah. So, you know, music has been in my life for a long time. Um, actually a huge impetus for starting the rock school was that I didn't learn my first instrument until my first year of college. So I was 18 or, or 19. And within a year, I was, you know, playing in bands and um, I just fell in love with it. Um, I'd never imagined a, a career in music in, in any way. And um, I was a history major. So naturally, I, I kind of found my way into education, <laughs> as most of us do. And so I, I taught for you know quite a few years. I, I started teaching abroad English as a second language and then um, same thing in New York City for a minute, and then uh, came back to Idaho, where friends and family are, and uh, went back and got my teaching certificate and a master's in education. And whilst doing all this, I was still playing music. And so one of the guys um, that co-founded the school with me, Ryan Peck, I'm sure, I know Christian knows him. I'm not sure yes. if he's him or not, Larry. Kind of a, he's like a mover and shaker. He's an idea guy in town. He's always going kind of a hundred miles an hour. And um, we played in a band together, um, you know, prior to that for a few years. And 
he came to me one day and said, Hey, what, you know, there's these things kind of popping up all around the, the nation and there's nothing like this in the, in Boise that I can find where they're teaching kids how to play in bands. And, um, when he came to me with the idea, I thought he was kind of crazy. I was like, like school of rock. And that's exactly what it was. And I was like, well, it sounds fun, but I, I don't think we can do this. I'm not qualified. <laughs> I was a guitar player when I first started the rock school. I, um, I don't know if I should be giving this away, but I've, I've learned lots of instruments over the years. Um, and, and so, you know, I was like, well, what are we going to do about the, the drummer or the singers and, and this and that? And, um, you know, we just went for it. We grabbed a, a handful of our, our friends. So I was, I was currently teaching at, at Bora High School or doing my student teaching there, um, social studies and or government and history. And what happened was uh, we, we found five friends that had children, used them as guinea pigs. And prior to that, I, I was working uh, as a, they call it a paraprofessional, like a teacher assistant at Kelsch Elementary. And so I still knew the principal at the time over there. And I said, I asked him, would it be cool if we hosted a summer camp and used the school to teach, you know, these, these kids how to play in a rock band for two weeks. And he gave us the green light. So we did it. And it was kind of a life-changing experience, I think, not just for the kids, but for us. Um, we ended it with a big performance. And um, from there, we, you know, just through word of mouth, we did a little bit of advertising, not much though, but it, it initially was kind of a side thing for, for both Ryan and myself. Um, Ryan was teaching at BSU at the time in the biology department. And I was well on my way to becoming a, a social studies teacher. And um, it just kept growing after school. And, um, you know, eventually that led us into having to find a permanent space. And then a few, few years down the line, we had to find a bigger space and um, all the way up until today. That's, that's a pretty quick rundown so, of it. But yeah. So I actually have two questions on the back of that. Um, yeah. so it's, I know someone in San Jose who has started a school of rock. Yes. I think that's a franchise. Correct. Are you in a rock school. Are you an independent entity? We are. In, well, we were independent for 12 years and we are now a nonprofit. So, hmm. yeah. And as a matter of fact, we'd looked into the franchise when we first had the idea. And I, I think it was like something like, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but at the time it was, you know, several hundred thousand dollars or 180,000, just, just to kind of use the name and get started. And between me and Ryan, we had all the instruments and we said, we don't, we don't need that name. Let's just try this. Um, we thought it'd be cooler to be independent anyway. <laughs> yeah. Did you get any pushback or like, did the boys, did the rock school people come after you try to, you know, rock people? They did not. Uh, I mean, obviously they're, they're not the only school like that around, but they are a large one and they are a franchise. Um, interestingly enough, because there was nothing else like that in the Valley, we were, we were fine. Um, but they did move in two years into our existence and things got a little competitive for a minute. <laughs> huh. I was going to ask Annika. So, so you had two choices then. Annika is 18 years old and she started at the rock school last year as a, as a COVID gift to herself. You had a choice between the school of rock then and the rock school. What made you choose the rock school? I think, you know, 
I live five minutes away <laughs> uh, and a lot of my friends, well, a handful of my friends had gone there and I've always, I guess, um, through word of mouth, have heard about it and just how it's a really cool place, but uh, I'd never checked it out much. And I decided to take one class there. And the next thing you know, I was taking five classes there. What, what, what instrument did you play? Did you play beforehand? No, I hadn't at all. <laughs> and what do you, what do you play now? Um, so I started out taking a drum class, but now I'm taking drums, vocals, guitar, and keyboard. Wow. Dang. Nice. And then you transitioned right. into, uh, into teaching. How was that process like for you and for you two together? Oh, it's been awesome. I'm, I'm so thankful to Jared. He's been really helping me out and we've been meeting and just talking about, you know, it's one thing to teach music to students, but it's also just the whole other factor of teaching to younger kids and creating like a creative, engaging environment. And so trying to manage all of those things um, has been a really cool experience and really helped me grow as a person and as someone who can be like a stronger leader towards younger, uh, younger kids. You know, that's something I wanted to ask you about, Jared, too. Um, you had mentioned that you had taught ESL, which I'm sure, I guess was to adults. And then you mentioned that you taught high school and are teaching high school now. I taught high school for a while and I can't imagine transitioning to teaching little kids after that. You know, you have to teach them how to catch and throw basically. Maybe yeah. it's because, you know, you're teaching people how to play instruments from, from scratch, but was that a hard, is that a hard transition to go back and forth like that? It initially it was, um, I did have, so I, when I did start teaching, it was adults, like you said, when I'd moved back from the Czech Republic to the U S and then here to Boise, I took a job teaching at an elementary school as a teacher assistant, just while I was um, getting my, my graduate degree. And um, that's kind of where I got my, I started gaining a little bit of experience working with, with the young ones. And yeah, it's a completely different ball game for sure. <laughs> I mean, what, I guess is classroom management an issue in rock schools or is everybody really happy to be there and everyone engaged? That's a question um, for you actually. <laughs> it, it management is definitely required. Um, we get a lot of musicians in town who hear about what we do and they're super excited to come down and, and try it. And I always tell them to, well, before you make any decision, just hang out in the class and, and kind of watch it and then tell me if you still want to do this. <laughs> yeah. um, it is fun, but yeah, there's, there's lots of management involved, especially with the younger ones. Um, you know, when I, when I taught in high school, you know, kind of, all the, there was a lot of management, you know, with, with that age group and in, in normal school, I guess I'd call it. Um, but at the rock school, there's very little management with the teens. They, they're there because they want to be there. And, um, you know, most of them are, are fairly competent on their instruments. And if they're not, they're working hard towards it, but there's a lot of management with the younger kids. You know, some, some kids are there because they heard they can play in a band. Some kids are there because their parents are vicariously living through them and want them to be in a band. I, I think we get all, you know, all types. It's <laughs> I'm, funny. I'm, I realize you, basically you, you have a room full of little kids and you give them noisy things and say, uh, yeah, it's, it's like every yeah. teacher's nightmare in terms of management. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They can hit each other with drumsticks. They have loud, yeah, loud instruments and Yes, I've witnessed this as a teaching writer in there who doesn't Christian, play an yeah. instrument. 
<laughs> not, or at least not well, but it was able to work on some songwriting stuff with with uh, other musicians and the kids, which has been super cool. I don't know, Annika, is that something? Are you writing your own stuff these days? Ooh, that's something I'm definitely wanting to work towards. I've been writing songs with younger kids, but I haven't really ventured out on my own yet. Annika, do you teach? Are you teaching younger kids? Yeah, I would say the age group is around like six, seven, eight year olds that I've been teaching. How's Whoa. that been? It's been good. So they have an upcoming recital or not recital, but jam coming up. Session gig. So, yeah, session gig. It's super exciting. And so they're all really excited about that. What are they playing? Like, I'm curious. I've been to a few of these concerts because I've sold pie hole pizza for my friend there over the years um, back at the Linen building. But the stalling selections are interesting. What, what do you have them learning when they're that young, Monica? Uh, lots of Seven Nation Army. <laughs> I told Larry that that's a song I heard often at those shows. That's, that's <laughs> smoke on the water of this generation. <laughs> it is. I I feel like I should personally write Jack White a letter um, thanking him for that song, although I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> but it has. Um, it it's a you know it's a song that rocks and it's easy for kids to pick up quickly and. Yeah, that that is the one song I would say that has been with us since the beginning. And, you know, there the teachers go through periods where we don't want to hear songs anymore because we've lived with them for so long. So we will encourage and, and push other songs onto the kids, but it still comes still comes around. It's still relevant. <laughs> Jared, how much of the curriculum have you designed personally? Uh, most of it. Obviously, we've had help with with a lot of the staff. Um and Ryan Peck, the, the, he's the managing director. Um, he's had a lot of say and input in curriculum as well. I mean, he, he comes from an education background as well. But um, yeah, I would say most of it. And it it's differs from a lot of music programs in that we're not working from a book per se. Um, <clears throat> it's very student driven. We, we, when we initially started the idea, we wanted it to replicate what it's like to play in a real band. And I know that's how we differ from, you know, School of Rock, they would have the entire school working all on the same group of songs or album of songs. And so every single person enrolled would would be working towards that and they'd be following a book. And uh, the way we approached it is, well, what would we do if we formed our own band? And we generally start with covers that we choose or the kids choose. And from there, we start pushing them into songwriting and then eventually, hopefully, recording. And obviously, performance is, is kind of the first goal um, after they start learning covers. Do you, is there a recording engineer on staff that teaches them that stuff? Um, myself, I've, I've become an engineer in the last six or seven years, uh, which is interesting. Home recording today is, is it's incredible, like what you can, I mean, even on your iPhone, what you can do in your fingertips. But um, so we, we've have had teachers in the past that had a little bit of an engineering background. And then in the last six or seven years, I had to record a, a student band and it, it, I've taken off in that direction. It's become a, a new passion recording. So. So Annika, you lived all of this as a student. Hearing Jared lay it out, what was intended and how the curriculum is supposed to be organized. Does that ring true to you? Oh, for sure. I think I'm still learning so much and I have so much uh, to learn, but I think everything you said really, I, I can totally see it for sure. 
And I would ask yeah. both of you, for, from a student point of view and from the teacher point of view, how exciting is it the first time the students make a cohesive song? Oh my gosh. I think for me, I recently just joined a band and just the feeling of doing it like without the music and like clean all the way through is like the coolest feeling ever. And then being able to see students and see them super excited and engaged and just super fulfilled is really fulfilling as well. Yeah, and for Jared, as, as the teacher, as, as the, the guy behind all of it, how does it feel? And you must get this every day. Yeah, yeah. It, it's incredible. Um, you know, most of our reasoning for starting this was was trying to give back that that experience that Ryan or myself felt years ago when when, when I picked up my first instrument. And um, it was one thing to, to learn a guitar, you know, learn guitar and start playing it. But the I, I still still remember that what it felt like the first time I played with a group of musicians. Um, you know, I'd, I would jam with other guitarists, but when I actually had a, a band rehearsal with a drummer and you have all that energy and, and sound moving, um, it's, you, yeah, it's, Do yeah. you remember the first song? Uh, the first song I played in my band? Because I do, yeah. First song I ever played, I remember my friends and I had a band in college and we played Stepping Stone. And I was so shocked that it sounded like Stepping Stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the first band, uh, the, let me see. My first band was a cover band. It was in college. And it might have been, oh, I can't even remember what it's called. It's, it's funny because my, my taste in music has, has changed quite a bit over the years. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on it. I'm, yeah, that, that, the whole process like you spoke of, Jared and um, Annika, just it's so cool. Um, as I, just as a personal, you know, note, I came in for like a week, five days, and to see a lot of collaboration happen within those songwriting weeks. Um, some some people go solo in those, but mostly it's like three or four students kind of form their band, they write their song, and then it's like all week they're practicing. And just that, that collaborative like teamwork, I thought was really moving too, and to see them perform this stuff at the end of the week, it's, it's pretty incredible for someone who's not a musician. <laughs> but um, so it must be really all the more satisfying for you guys who teach all this, the minutia of, of the actual, you know, playing of the, of the instruments, but. And then I also, yeah, I just Annika and Jared too, on something I've been curious about, like over the years, you guys started in 2008 and how much of an influence do you think, like reverberating influence the school has had like on the Boise music scene or kind of the local, like people like your age, Annika now <clears throat> are in a band, you know? And so has that, how's that changed you think over the years, Jared and then Annika as well? What do you, like your friends, what do they think about all this? So, yeah, you know, um, when I, especially now, because, you know, after the 12, 13 years, um, as these kids are, are growing up, and a lot of them are in their, um, you know, some of our earliest students are in their 20s now. And, you know, when you go to Tree Fort, they're their own bands. And that's kind of a cool thing to see, you know, they're on their own doing it. Um I, I think it's been a massive influence. You know, I, I, I walk around town and, and I'll, I'll see former students all over the place and some are doing music. I mean, some, it was just a period of their life, but um, 
I think for everyone, they, they take something home from it, whether, you know, even non-musical related things, which is, which is a huge part of the program too. Just anytime you, you're playing in a, a band, it's, it's like a team. And uh, because it's so student driven, you have to kind of figure out, you know, like what you're going to do. You have to set goals. You have to co- do a lot of compromise, all, all those things that exist with adult bands. Um, the kids get that as well. And so a big part of the program is just teaching them life skills to, to cope with that and kind of make it through. But um, yeah, I would like to think personally that we've been a, a massive influence on the Boise music scene. And I think as, as we age and the kids and students age, um, it'll become more and more of that for sure. Do you, do you make a point of it to be aware of your relationship with the community? And how is that different than it is in a regular, a regular school? Yeah, to us, you know, I, I think this would have been a hard school to start in a, in another city almost. Um, Boise has been incredibly important to us, you know, in, in getting this off the ground and, and supporting us throughout the years, whether that's been through grants from the city or um, partnering up with other local organizations. Uh, Christian had mentioned the, the linen building uh, when he would serve pizza at our, <laughs> at our old session gigs. And, and that was a relationship we'd established with the former owner and, you know, he let us do gigs there and yeah, it, it communities. I mean, in the big, you know, we're a music school, but it's, we're not really like our goal overall goal isn't to kind of turn out shredders per se. It's, it's more about the bigger picture of things you get from playing with a group of people or on a team. Um, and, and building community. And that's, that's really what we're about. So I, I think the, it's been incredibly important to us, you know, over the years and, and still is, and it, it's a, it's a massive part of our mission. And, um, yeah, I think the community really helped us get to where we are today as well. So. And how is that different than the relationship to the community when you were teaching are you still teaching high school social studies? No, yeah, I didn't think you <laughs> when you when you were. I mean, there's the, there's it, it, the relationship of a school to a community is it's always there, right? Right. It runs, but I imagine it's different. So how is it different? It's much different. Um, you know, one what we do is very fun. That's not to say high school is yeah. not fun, but it, and it's you know we're not mandatory, um, so they're you know, I don't find myself in, in parent, student parent meetings often, um, to deal with things. I, I mean, I value education regardless. I, I think it's, it's important in, in all ways, but, um, the relationship with the community is very different in that I, you know, I think the community sees us as, as this cool, creative thing where, where kids, have a safe place to come express themselves really. And I don't know that all students feel that way about high school, you know, (laughs) if not the opposite really. So, um, and that's, that's one of the things we really, you know, try to try to push onto people's to let them know, like, this is a safe place where you can come be creative. And, And Anna, how overt is that when you're a student at the school, that message that this is a safe place for you to be creative? Um, I would say for me, it's probably like 
the most important thing and just being able to walk in there every day and just bring myself is like the coolest thing ever because I I don't think I can say there's too many places where I can feel like I can walk in and you know wave and say hi to Bree the lady at the front desk and just feel like oh being here I can really just be myself and I'm welcome in so many different ways so it's really awesome. Is it is it hard for super introverted kids? You know, coming from an introvert herself, I wouldn't say it's difficult for introverted kids. You know, a lot of the times I think even some of the teachers I have, they've told me, you know, speak through your instrument. And as kind of cheesy as it sounds, I think it's really true. And I think it helps so much if you're introverted, extroverted. I think music is wonderful. Well, and yeah, it makes sense if you call yourself an introvert. Your journey started from behind the drums. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to learn other things that don't involve hiding behind a big drum yeah and one thing too i know you guys i mean maybe you aren't doing this anymore are you still do you have the adult the adult version of uh, rock yeah. school going <laughs> we still do adult night um so we yeah we we did adult programming early on um and it was actually harder to to maintain only in that adults are busy all the time so but we we do have one adult band that started as a, a rock school band and now they're like a real band. They just put out an album and but we do currently still offer adult night. This was kind of our, our answer to dealing with commitment issues with adults. Uh, we, we do this drop in once a month called adult night where we provide adult beverages and it, it's open to anyone at any musical level as well so um, adults will come in every second Thursday of the month and we feed them beer and they have an hour to <laughs> learn a song uh, we'll, we'll put them into bands group them with a with a rock school teacher and then they have an hour to learn a song and they perform for each other kind of like a little battle of the bands thing at the end so um, so this this whole time you've been talking I was thinking about something that you said earlier Jared and it was about parents' expectations, which of course, you know, parents, whenever their kids are in any kind of learning environment, they have expectations that aren't always realistic. But for right. both of you, how do you manage expectations and how many kids go in or how many parents go in thinking, this is my kid's path to becoming a rock star or kids thinking I'm going to be a rock star. Monica, you haven't mentioned wanting to be a rock star. Maybe you're going to be a rock star. You are, yeah. <laughs> How do you manage? I'm sure it's got, it's, it must be like playing sports. You know, someone once asked me, someone who hadn't played sports. And I said, you have to understand everyone on my high school baseball team thought they were going to play in the major leagues. Even the guys who never played. They yeah. said, that's ridiculous. I'm like, no, everyone does. So I imagine there's something similar going on in a room full of kids playing rock and roll. We, we do get the, this, this, uh, can I say soccer mommy, so soccer parent syndrome. <laughs> um, there is a little okay, bit of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not terrible, believe it or not, but you know, occasionally you do get a, a, a parent who sees talent in their kid and um, they'll bring them to the school. And, you know, sometimes it's we might not have them in the right band. Well, my kid needs to be playing in this band sort of thing. So there is a little bit of of expectation management. And so it requires, you know, educating on our parts, you know, letting them know that we're we're about something bigger um, it's not about being a rock star. Obviously, if, if your kid becomes a rock star, if someone becomes a rock star, that's that's great. But we don't want to call it an unrealistic goal. But there's just so many factors 
beyond talent that go into doing that, you know, being at the right place at the right time, incredibly hard work, um, knowing the right people. And so really what, you know, we try to, to get the message out to parents is um, that this is a place where we're going to provide the tools for your kid to come and practice and rehearse and set goals with other peers. And, you know, we, we certainly talk about, you know, all, all the staff, most of the staff are um, professional musicians at a local level, I would say, um, you know, some, some tour nationally and, or over the years have, and we share that experience with them as well and say like, you know, it's not, it's not glamorous. It's not an easy life. It's not easy. Actually, it's not an easy thing to, to manage those expectations. I mean, even on a, you know, another thing we, we we're going back to the community thing. Um, community is a very important thing to us. And that's, that's what we're trying to do is build a musical community with youth and not just youth, but with parents and, and everyone involved. And, uh, you know, we're still trying to manage expectations in that we want parents to see that we're not like a pay per service, which most guitar lessons are, you know, I, I pay this and I get this many hours and, th and that's a hard thing because I, I think we're just so used to paying for lessons sort of thing. But to us, it's something bigger. It's, it's about a, it's about a place where, you know, you can come to the school, you can form a band, you can attend different classes and learn different instruments. And hopefully you get something valuable out of it beyond uh, just playing music sort of thing. And, and I hope that makes I, sense. Michael, what do you do if you run across a seven-year-old with a rock star attitude? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't yet experienced a seven-year-old with a rock star attitude. So I would I don't love know. to, personally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess if I would, I would talk to Jared about it. <laughs> I've come across seven-year-old rock stars. <laughs> yeah, some of the experiences I had too. There were a couple kids who thought they were, you know, pretty darn good. That's for sure. But uh, that's kind of that's kind of a benefit in some ways too, because they just hop right into it. From my experience, but yeah. But we're getting kind of towards the end here of our discussion. Final thoughts, Mr. Larry Rosen. Yeah, I wanted to ask both of you one more question, Jared. For you, um, so. One of the themes of, of our season this year, music or stories from the world of music, is, is people finding their place in the world of music. And mm -hmm. I noticed from your background, you've played in bands for a long time. And then you found a way to contribute to the world of music that's different than playing in a band. Do you ever find that you wish you were playing more in a band? Or have you sort of found, this is my place in this world and I'm real happy to be here? Yeah, um, in my 20s, I'm sure I would have still wished I played in a, I mean, I still do play in bands, but the idea of, of um, becoming a rock star now that I'm in my forties is le not less desirable. I'm, I'm sure if I had the opportunity, um, but it, to me, I feel like um, I'm, I'm a part of something bigger in that, in that we're giving back and, and hopefully providing opportunity for others to, to do the same or, or give other people an opportunity. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of selfish gain out of rock school in that I've, I've learned all the instruments over the years, just, you know, through teaching them, believe it or not. And, um, 
you know, like I was, I was talking about engineering over the last couple of years. Um, it's become kind of a new side hustle. Lots of bands around town are, are hiring me to, to both mix and, and record them. But when I look back on that, like none of this would have been possible without, without the rock school, just being involved with it, being someone who has tried to help move it along and, and push it forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, selfishly, I've learned an incredible amount of things musically. I, I always kind of joke, like, had I had all these skills when I was a teen or when I was in my twenties, maybe I would be doing something else, you know, musically, but I, I didn't start the rock school because I'm a failed musician sort of thing. Um, we were, we were excited to do this. I would say I'm a, I'm a failed history teacher. That's why I started the rock school. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> sounds like a pretty good deal. You get to be a prominent member of a music community. You get to live a life around music your whole life and you never have to ride in the van. It sounds like a That's great right. <laughs> so, Monica, for you now though, you said earlier you just started your first band. So are you playing drums in this band? Yes, I am. <laughs> And what, so tell us about that and, and what you're hoping for and how that came together and what you guys are doing right now. Um, so I think I joined September. They had already been a band and they had been looking for a drummer. And one of the teachers came up to me and asked me if I wanted to be a part of a band. And I said, well, yes, of course I do. <laughs> um, and they've all been so welcoming. I think for me, it was super intimidating because I'd only really ever played on electric drum kits. And so being with a group of people who had performed before and then being a drummer where it's a very loud instrument and you can't really, you know, strum quietly or, you know, anything like that. But um, I've just learned so much and totally have gotten a new appreciation of music, even by playing with other people and getting to experience that. Have you gotten to play in front of people yet? Not yet, but coming up soon. <laughs> Next weekend. Oh. Annika has her first performance. This is a public show. Annika, what, what songs are you guys doing? You, I heard you playing the Pixies in there. Yeah, we're doing Here Comes Your Man, and we're playing an uh, Andy Gibbs song. And oh. you just want to be something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What's the name of your band? um potential spam <laughs> okay good that's good definitely that's always one of the things that those uh linen building uh shows i'd go to the names of the bands were pretty funny pretty awesome <laughs> yeah so. and there was one song about bacon i remember the bacon song was stuck in my oh mind. yeah was, that yeah. there's a recording of that that's a that's a recorded song that's awesome but uh, I got yeah. bacon in the band, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a great thing you guys are doing. And thanks so much for giving us a little time to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for thinking of us and having us on. Yeah, where can we find out more? Thank well, you, Chris. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> tell us where uh, to find your stuff. BoiseRockSchool.com. And we are also kind of getting flipped under a, a, a nonprofit known as Juno Arts, which it's it's still us that that created it but we're we're kind of expanding beyond music so keep an eye out for juno arts as well boise rock school is going to be the kind of the musical portion of this nonprofit. so cool i look forward to hearing more about that and annika enjoyed your your gap year and your new your new music career um and yeah hopefully i'll see you around town playing some drums sometime soon all right all right thank you so much hey there everyone 
My name is Christian Wynn. I am one of the co-hosts here and one of the uh, folks involved with uh, Story Forward, the podcast and the arts organization, among other things like Story Fort. I just uh, am on here today as our correspondent, and we just listened to a really great interview with uh, Jared Goodpaster and Annika Camarillo, who both work with and for the Boise Rock School. And personally, my short piece here is just going to be about my experience with teaching songwriting at the uh, at the Boise Rock School, as well as just my experience teaching uh, in the creative arts and just what that's both meant to me, but also what it's meant to, I feel like, other students around me of mine and other students of uh, colleagues of mine or friends of mine. And yeah, this is just about, you know, handing it off to the next folks and seeing how inspiring that is. So that said... Um, I'm going to start with something that happened to me or with me in my life yesterday, and it involves a student of mine, a um, current student, and uh, someone who I consider also a friend and uh, kind of a, a peer on a certain level, most definitely, who he won a writing contest yesterday. And I teach creative writing. I teach primarily fiction writing. Um, I do some creative nonfiction, the occasional poetry. Um, we'll get into a little poetry in a sec here, but... Um, but anyway, he won this really rather prestigious writing contest. And the story that I had worked with him on and um, just really helped, I don't know, conceptualize maybe several years of, of work um, that he's put in on, in the, the realm of fiction. And he won this contest and he texted me first thing in the morning with uh, what he wasn't supposed to announce just yet. But by the time you hear this... It's past the time of uh, them wanting him to reveal that he won. And his name is something I won't also right here reveal. But one day he'll be famous and you'll know him, all of you. But uh, that said, and he just wanted to let me know in this way that was really incredibly moving to me as a, as a writer and a teacher of writing, just how much he appreciated my help on that story and just on his work and just sort of, I don't know, just the whole endeavor that uh, we've embarked on over the last few years as kind of mentor, teacher, just fellow writer, colleague. Um, and that is, it just really got in a good way, just like under my skin in a way that made me just feel really happy and proud and sort of touched in such a way that as a teacher of writing and somebody who really, still as we all do struggle with the art to see that kind of success with somebody I've helped you know along the way was really awesome and I'll just leave that at that and hopefully you'll get a chance to read this story down the road it's going to be in forever magazine which is an up-and-coming hip cool magazine out of Brooklyn New York but that said I want to get into my experience with the rock school so I've been hired on with the rock school via the cabin which is Idaho's largest literary nonprofit the cabin that is and I am not a musician uh, no I won't even try to pretend I'm a musician though I did take piano lessons I played the coronet in uh, high school and have not played much more than the spoons or maybe the kazoo over the last many years but I was uh, hired on as 
part of a writing camp and a music camp that the cabin and Boise Rock School collaborate on. Um, most summers, they, I don't think it's been a little bit on a hiatus because of COVID, but it's coming back. So we pair a musician, uh, a professional musician in the generally in the Boise community, and then a writer from the community as well, a teaching writer. And several times I've gotten to be that teaching writer where I go in for a week, three hours a day, five days a week to basically help work with the, the lyrics of anywhere from six to 12 young burgeoning musicians. And just to cut to the chase, it's a really cool experience. It's a very short window of time to both have them write a song, come up with, uh, you know, sort of an intro, an outro, a bridge, the chorus, all that stuff that I know very little about. Our our man, uh, Jonathan Warren, who I've worked with a lot, has oftentimes filled in those actual song writing gaps on the music side. But that said, I mean, the Boise Rock School does such an amazing thing. They bring in students of varying levels of experience some who've been playing the guitar since they were five years old, some who are just picking up, you know, sort of the ukulele last week kind of thing. But it's a great atmosphere to let them actually come up with their own music, not just, nothing wrong with this, but not, not just a, a cover band, uh, you know, song or a cover song, I should say. And they have been so inspiring over there. I had a student, she wrote, like five or six like original one-offs, you know, singer-songwriter style. And uh, we're all working towards a performance at the end of the week, kind of a concert for uh, a mini concert for the parents and some friends or siblings. All that happens the last day of camp over there at the rock school. And I just, it's just been such an incredibly moving experience to let them write some poetry on some themes, uh, I, I throw at them. We have the the love song is always a, a favorite. The story song, another favorite, at least one of mine. Sometimes the younger set, like, we want a story song. We try to stay away from trite. Most We pretty much do. I trite kind of pop song. We're not as interested in that. Um, not that the lyrics have to be uber, uber deep. Um, we do, though, listen to uh, some, let's say, Leonard Cohen or Gillian Welsh rather Gillian Welsh, I always mispronounce it, sorry, Gillian, um, and Elliot Smith, uh, did I say Elvis Costello already? But anyway, people who put a lot of thought into and have put a lot of thought into their lyrics. And so I really try to encourage the kids to get in there and dig deep into things that matter to them, um, people they've known, experiences they've gone through, um, including you know, body image, deta details of their lives, possibly suicidal, you know, sort of thoughts over the years um, to get into the dark stuff, but uh, into romance, young, old, otherwise, into just sort of living life as, uh, as young people in the world. And by the way, yeah, all these students are 18 and under that I've worked with at least. So they have a really cool, fresh look at the world. Um, we've had some climate change songs. There have been songs about bacon, and uh, but we try to go a little bit deeper than bacon. What does it really mean? The existential meaning of the bacon. So that said, we get working on those lyrics and slowly we progress through all their work throughout the week. And just to see it all come together with the music that oftentimes, you know, the musicians just getting in there, diving in deep with uh, how to write that cool bridge to the next section and the and then, then the next, you know, part of the lyrics, or excuse me, part of the chorus, what we're going to get to in such a way that we actually understand more about 
what the meaning of the lyrics are via the, the actual music um, and the notes they choose. And that's just such a really cool experience from day one where they're just sort of like, oh, crap, I had to write my own songs. That seems like really uncomfortable and really kind of revealing and really kind of vulnerable. But they get more and more comfortable with it each time. So you've got this. some of them form groups, some of them go solo. Um, some of them are a little reluctant every once in a while over there at the rock school. Uh, they'll sit on their own and not really want to even join in one of the bands or maybe don't want to feel or don't feel good enough about how they can put the stuff together themselves. But one of the great things about that is it's kind of, you know, kind of coaxing them in, in a good way to like just start writing, just start kind of plucking away on the ukulele or the guitar, kind of coming up with a drum beat here or there. And then writing those lyrics, like letting them uh, themselves understand what the larger thematic issues they want to get to are, what the larger sort of images they want to get to are, you know, what they want the world, you know, when they listen to the song, what they want the world to feel. And then going about that. And just to cut to the chase, I mean, what the Rock School does and what so many arts organizations, um, both in Boise and beyond, and that I've gotten the chance to work with, it's just an incredibly rewarding experience that, you know, to by the end of that week with the Rock School and these kids, either in bands or in individual sets, they're playing songs that they've written and worked on and practiced all week. And it's like, it it's always makes me proud. Um, it always makes me sort of feel like, wow. And, uh, and it really harkens back to so much of what I've gotten from people like one of my favorite writing professors back, uh, back in the day, Luke Reinsma, who introduced me to somebody, you know, people like Joan Didion and F. Scott Fitzgerald and Jack Kerouac and, you know, friends and girlfriends and, mentors who've introduced me to people like, you know, Lauren Groff or Tessie, Tessa Hadley or Lori Moore. Um, and then just kind of mentors like a man named Robert Olmsted, who I started my graduate studies with, who introduced me to so much great writing and a guy named Mitch Wheeland over at Boise State University in that same program, who just patted me on the back when he found out that I personally won a contest not long after I finished my graduate degree, my MFA over at Boise State, and let them know. And it was nothing but, I don't know, it was a little bit uh, like I teared up because like this person who's really taught me so very much and who's a great writer them, themselves just, I don't know, it sounds corny, but paying it forward. And that was one of the things that we got to do with the Boise Rock School and what I've gotten to do with a lot of the workshops I've taught and I think, I don't know, this is a bit of uh, something I just love about what I get to do in the world is, you know, letting young artists and people who don't even think of themselves as artists until they make that art actually achieve and, and understand that they can put something together like a song. They can write their, you know, sort of their life in poetry and then put it to some tunes and then perform it for other people to get that uh, that essence that they want to put that put out there into the world. And so that said, I just think what the Rock School does is great and it's very indicative of what so many wonderful arts organizations and individuals get to do out there in the world. And I would encourage you all just to, I don't know, read, write, pluck away at the ukulele, play the kazoo if you have to, and uh, just appreciate the notion that 
through this kind of art and this kind of experience, this kind of handing off, you know, sort of what you know to others is actually probably the, one of the very best things we can do in this life. It teaches us how to be human um, on so many levels, how to live and love and actually, you know, fuck some shit up every once in a while and make sure that's okay too. Uh, so that is my correspondent piece and I want to just uh, leave it at that and I'm going to go do a little uh, little writing or perhaps I'll listen to some uh, mountain goats as I do that, which is often often the case in my in my world so anyway that's what i have thanks for listening and we are back welcome back we missed you it's good to have you back but i'm sure you enjoyed that uh your time spent with jared and annika uh i hope you learned a lot i know i certainly learned a lot um and we of course will be looking for annika's band which is it will it have debuted by the time this is, I think it will have debuted by the time this airs. It's pretty close, I think. So, yeah, which will be awesome to have out there. But, yeah, we just want to say a couple thank yous. We want to say thank you to my man, your man, Brett Battistain of Eavesdrop Studios, which hosts our uh, – we're in their podcast network. And yeah, we're part of the network. Well, you hear yeah. that, little, that little drop noise at the beginning of every episode. That is the signifier that we are part of the Eavesdrop network. Yes, and you can find them at ease-drop.com. We also want to thank Jared Bostrom, who is our one of our team members and does our editing for these awesome episodes. Um, at least we think they're awesome. So you can also find us where, Larry? I was just about to say that, and you'll be happy to know that I've done my homework. Okay. And now I know that you can find us, of course, on Facebook, in our Facebook group. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at StoryForward. Or if you're more of a visual type, you can follow us at inst on Instagram at story.forward. You can follow me in case you can't get enough of me, which I know, you know, most people can't get enough of me at Matt <laughs> Larry Rosen, Twitter and Instagram. Christian Wynn, of course, is a naysayer when it comes to the social media. I don't even know if you have social media account. Oh, you have the Instagram. I do have Instagram and I have a Facebook account and I have a Twitter account, but I don't ever use it. Do you want people to follow you on Instagram or are you trying to keep it a secret type of thing? Uh, you can look for Christian Wynn on Instagram. Go. I got a new camera for Christmas. I mean, I haven't used it yet because I can't figure it out yet, but I will. Moving away from the phone a little bit to see if I can get more professional. But I, yeah, you can look for Christian Wynn out there. You can um, look for him. I don't know if yeah, you'll find him. Yeah. Yeah. But we also do have, yeah, we have Facebook and we have kind of a Facebook chat like what is it called a chat room i'm not really a chat room i was like it's, it's, a, group. it's a group a group that we would love to have you guys chime in on and it's a use net you old timer you, okay <laughs> anyway it's, it's fun and mackenzie heilman helps us get the word out about all things story forward which we can tell, tell you about a few of those coming up here we have a whole list of things that are happening into the summer and into the fall but uh, we'll wait on that but yeah it was really fun talking with jared and annika and we hope you and they keep moving the story forward. Always advance the narrative.